This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Face Off. I'm your host Guy Drinkle and this is the show for the Crystal Palace game. It was a tough fought victory for the Reds, but it was a it was a victory never nonetheless. But uh, we'll crack on and introduce my guests. Firstly, we've got Nick, one of the writers from the site. How are you doing, Nick? I'm great, thanks, Guy. Uh, even better after last night. Aye, absolutely, absolutely. And our Crystal Palace fan is Carl from at FYP Fanzine. How are you doing, Carl? I'm okay, thank you very much. Not so bad, not so good after last night. <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs> uh, but we'll we'll crack on with the with the boring bit, the starting 11s. Um, Carl, I'll start with you. Um, unchanged from the previous week, obviously got a good result. Um, hmm. Happy with that decision, or do you think it was time to start blooding in some of your new signings? No, 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 not at all. I think Roy played it. I think he's played a blinder, to be fair, against Fulham. He was he was perfect in what he did. He, he was kind of like a, a Bournemouth against West Ham, if you like. They just kept the same team as last season, the back end, made a you know couple of tweaks on the bench, just a couple of players there. I think I think it was perfect. I think it shows if you throw too many players in, you know, especially in a game against Liverpool, you don't want to throw. Kuyate could be like a rabbit in headlights. Mm. Um, you want to kind of keep it as it is, the unit. Like Schlupp played well, he's got a good goal last week, and you know there's a good unit there. And I think I think Roy's playing a blinder at the minute with the way he's bedding them in. He's told them you're not starters, you've got to earn your place. And it's the same with the goalkeeper. We bought Gaeta to be a new goalie, and Hennessy's keeping his place because he's playing well. So I, th- I think that's the fair way to do it as a manager. Yeah, absolutely. And Nick, I'll come to you. I mean, Carl made a good point about uh, meritocracy there. Obviously, we've got a new £40 million signing who wasn't even on the bench. Um, two things. Do you think it's right that Fabinho has to earn his way into the, into the starting eleven? And do you think he's getting like the Robertson treatment where he's kind of eased into the team? Uh, yeah, to be honest with you, um, I think that Fabinho has looked really good in spots for us. But I do think that um, the way we play is is so different than a lot of other teams that he's going to take a little bit of time to adapt. I mean, obviously, he was carrying a bit of an injury as well, which might come into it. But I just think in terms of meritocracy, although we, we weren't playing amazingly against West Ham, there were some really good performances. And there was an argument to be said not to change any members of the starting eleven. Uh, but I personally had some concerns over us starting Milner. I just thought his legs might be a bit uh, leggy, and it kind of looks like that was the way yesterday. Oh, uh, yeah. He definitely was a drop-off from the previous game, wasn't he? But he played so well for us against yeah. West Ham. I do understand you know, the thinking behind keeping him in. I definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think both right uh, both teams are right to keep the keep the same team and maybe change it up when there's easier fixtures, but it was a tough game for uh, for both teams, I think. Um so I'd I'd say Liverpool had probably the strongest strongest start to the game, but Carl, obviously Liverpool came to the game a bit fa- favourites and stuff like that. Do you think the idea was always for Crystal Palace to not park the bus but kind of play on the counter attack with the pace they have up front? Yeah, definitely against Liverpool. Against Liverpool, definitely. I don't think there's any way. I mean, you could see that what was happening when we were trying to knock it long to Benteke, Van Dijk was just mopping them up all day, and it was just it it, it wasn't happening. Um, the way that we do play is on it is kind of counter attacking. Roy's got us playing more possession style, which is we we should be playing in that because we are good enough now to play that. But against Liverpool. You kind of, I mean, you could see, as you said, like the first five, six minutes, it was all Liverpool. They, they, they were taking control and 
And I think that it just showed that that was the way Roy had to do it. If we'd gone at Liverpool, it would have been like the early stages of Christian Boy, if you like. It would have been yeah. free. It could have been, could have been that in the first half. Liverpool had enough chances. It could have been. But it, it, we, we are solid. And, and I think that's what Roy's doing. He's keeping us solid, keeping us tight. We're going to hit you. We're going to knock it long to Benteke. But we just, Van Dijk, as I say, he was a machine and we just couldn't get, couldn't get any knockdowns to Zaha at all. And it just, we just couldn't get any chances, as you say. I'm going to stick with your other point. I, I had this later in the uh, in the agenda for you, but what the hell's happened to Benteke whilst you're on him? Nah. Good God. Good. He, he wasn't great at us, but he used to scare the like living hell out of us. Mm. I mean, at Aston Villa, he used to destroy us every season. I, I don't know where to start. You can, I mean, I don't get this. He doesn't run around enough. He's never been that sort of striker. I don't get that as an argument. Never been that. You've got to play mm. to his strengths. Liverpool never did. Villa did. And, and whether it was because he was younger, he was leaner, he was meaner, I don't know. And Liverpool thought they were buying that. And they never played to his strengths. His confidence just drained. It could could be that. But he's he had a bad, poor season last season. We thought he's not going to be any worse. And I mean, he was good against Fulham. He was winning the headers. But they're, they're you know, poorer defenders than what Liverpool have. So, you know, he's going to win them sorts of headers and he's going to knock them down to Zaha. But yesterday, I just think he just got no change out of Van Dijk. I think he'll be better against weaker defenders. I mean, you could see he, he got one decent, he brought it down from the sky, took it well, and you think he's going to shoot here and you see what happened. And, and it was just, it was never, he just never got any change out of Van Dijk. And I seriously think that's what it was. I think against better defenders, uh, against weaker defenders, he's better, but. He just against better defenders, as you see, he's just he's not he's not very good, and he he got no change out of Van Dijk or Gomez at all. Do, do you think the answer would probably be give Saul off a go against some of the better teams, or no, would you just, no, or is he no, worse? No, 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 <laughs> absolutely not. I would rather play. I would rather play. Either, I mean, I'm not saying Chuck, are you in there? Because I don't. He's not necessarily good enough to start. But what I would do is I would do what we did last season. Did it against Chelsea when we got our first win. Um, we played um, Zaha and Townsend up top, and we were kind of not really playing with a striker. We had players sort of, mm. you know, phasing around. I mean, you guys have played at the Fox Nine. You kind of, they don't know where Townsend and where Zaha are going to be. You got MacArthur running in. You know, you got Kabai who was there at the time. You got him running in. You got different players. And I think that the element of surprise sometimes is good because with Benteke, there is no element of surprise. You know what we're going to do. And and I honestly think that last night Liverpool knew. Klopp even said, I think that he knew what we were going to do. And and we played into their hands, and I think that's where it was quite easy for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did used to call him the tree when he played for us. Uh, Some of our players have called him a statue they, yeah. they, because he's just. I mean, I don't get the idea that he doesn't run around enough because he's never been that sort of player. But I do think that the way we play, it's not suited to mm. him, and I don't think it's his fault. It was like okay, Liverpool; it's not his fault. I don't yeah. Think. yeah, absolutely. You seem to have. Developed beyond him, kind of. Thing. Oh, I agree. I yeah, agree. I think yeah. that's where I think that's where we are. Yeah. So Nick, coming to you, um, Carl mentioned Van Dijk there, but both our centre backs. I mean, Gomez has an impressive game as well, but Van Dijk, he's only in the baby stages of his Liverpool career. I know he's had a few months um, post January and stuff like that, but goddamn, that was probably the most domineering centre back performance I've seen in a good few years from a Liverpool centre back. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he was great. Um, obviously, um, it has to be sort of taken into account. He was he was against Benteke, that's not the most mobile player in the world. And to be honest with you, Carl, I think an argument could be made that he was your worst player yesterday. Um, I think Palace yeah. are a great team. To be honest with you, I think that um, really, I I class you as definitely top ten, if not possibly top eight. I think I, I was so pleased that we won yesterday. Because I think your team, you know, with the players you've got, how you set up, I do think you're a tough game for most for most teams, to be honest with you. Uh, but yeah, Gomez and Van Dijk, it's looking good. Uh, cautiously optimistic about it, guy. But um, I think the real test will come when we're up against someone like, you know, Lukaku or uh, Harry Kane, you know, where they've got someone who is a bit more of a physical presence. And mm-hmm. the one thing that always did my head in about Benteke, especially when he was at Liverpool, was I've played football, not to any sort of high level whatsoever, obviously, but it's a basic thing. If the ball comes into the box, I mean, Carl, hopefully you'll back me up on this. Usually you gamble near post or far post, won't you? And the thing about Benteke is he seems to love standing 
on that penalty spot and hoping the ball will just come to him. He had opportunities he yesterday. He had opportunities yesterday. We had put in a couple of crosses and he should be there, but he's not. And that, uh, if he's not doing that, what is he doing? Exactly. <laughs> you know, what is he doing? Like you said, he's standing on the penalty spot, uh, on the penalty spot, hoping the ball falls to him. That's not a poacher's instinct. You know, you need that and, you know, it's, it's not good enough, really. <laughs> it's not good enough. I mean, I don't know if we're ruining Guy's show here, because we're probably meant to take oh, no, views and have a big <laughs> argument <laughs> for it. We'll do this off air. <laughs> <laughs> this will get cut. Uh. But yeah, very promising guy, to be honest with you. And uh, I thought uh, Trent as well um, made a lot of interceptions. Um, again, tough, it was, it was game just a pleasing Zaha, result. Isn't it? For, a, for a young right side of the defence, isn't it? Oh, yeah. But you've got to be a nightmare playing against Zaha, I mean. You must love watching Zaha play, Carl. He's he's tipped up. I mean, yesterday he didn't have a lot of opportunities, if any, but he just he lights it up. And and to be fair, sometimes you kind of wanted to pull him wide. You you know you want Roy to just go, just go and stand on the wing for a bit, just just go and run at Alexander Arnold, go and run at Robertson, switch sides, switch it up. He kind of just wanted to constantly look for that ball over the top and. And it, and it was, as I say, Liverpool was solid. We just, we just, I don't think, I don't even think, even if we changed it up, I don't even think we would have got any change out of Liverpool last night. I just think they, they were solid. They knew what they were up against, and, and they did, a, they did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I've mentioned, I've mentioned our centre backs there. Um, Carl, I'll come to your centre backs. Obviously, Mamadou Saka, who previously Liverpool player, and whatever happened towards the end happened. Um, but I, I have massive fond, fond <laughs> memories of him. Um, but that's their first loss together as a centre-back pairing. I mean, to, for me personally, mm-hmm. I thought they played quite well in the in the game. Obviously, we'll get to the penalty incident, um, but I thought both of them did quite well. Um, you've got a real solid base there. How do you think they did in, in the game itself? Yeah, again, I mean, for me, no, it was quiet. So, you know, whether that was a, a bearing on it, um, Salah was pretty quiet. Whether that again, that was another bearing on it. You know, you got to, you got to look at it like that. You know, you look at it. No, even Mane was wasn't necessarily electric. You know, you're talking about players like Cater in the middle dominating our midfield, but you weren't really talking about for me no Mane or Salah dominating our defence. So, kind of tells you the way the game went, um, and and tells you that they did have a solid game. I mean, you know, I know you're going to get onto it, but our right back. You know, PVA on the left as well. We have got a good base there. We've got a really good base now. And it's taken a few years, but we're, we're getting there. And, and I honestly think that, as I say, 15, you know, 15 odd games it was, they're unbeaten together. And it was just, I think the last loss they had was against Liverpool. Um, if I, if I remember rightly, I'm not 100% I think Tom, on that. I think but Tomkins wasn't playing that day. I think that's Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's not then. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, again, I mean, it's just, it just shows that we have got a solid base and it, if they can keep them free relatively quiet, you know, bar a few incidents, obviously the penalty, the sending off, etc. You know, it, it, it was a solid game, I think, from both defences. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not sure squad-wise, but obviously both have injury issues. Do you, how how are your backup defenders? I know Martin Kelly is obviously an ex-red as well. He's a bit of a squad mm-hmm. player, but solid. Yeah, he's solid. Yeah. yeah. Is that is that imperative to your success? Them them two staying fit. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Kelly does a job. He's solid. Uh, Tomkins had injury issues. Um, Sacco has a few, as you know. Um, so, but they seem to have found some fitness and they seem to be regular now and, uh, and they seem to understand each other's game. Um, so yeah, it is really, I mean, you do, like you guys know, you lose Van Dyke, you know, you don't want Lovren in there necessarily too much. So, you know, it does. <laughs> But what I mean is that sort of thing, you don't want that to happen. You know, it's kind of, it doesn't matter if you've got a decent backup defender, as in Kelly or Lovren or whatever, mm. just half decent. You don't want your star players injured. And, and if you can keep them fit, they have had injury issues, but they seem to be okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that not many defences, sorry, not many attackers can, can break them down. I mean, it took a penalty and a, and a goal because we was pushing for an equaliser at the score. So, you know, it, it just shows you that they must be doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Nick, just to, just to fill a bit of time. I mean, don't mention the the sourness towards the end of Sacco's time. But where, where do you think he don't like do a rating out of top tens and stuff? But do you think Sacco is a? I don't want to be disrespectful. Do you think he's more our level, or do you think he's finally found a level at Crystal Palace where he can flourish? 
to be honest with you, it depends what day of the week it is. <laughs> Sometimes, you know... He's always got a Rick in him, hasn't he? He's always got a Rick, that's the problem. This is the problem. I mean, he, he was quite charismatic and he did a lot of work for, like, you know, uh, charities and food banks in Liverpool. I'm sure he probably does similar stuff for uh, the Palace and that that area. Yeah, Carl, he does, but, definitely. Uh, yeah, he does, definitely. So he, from that extent, he seemed like, a you know, a decent guy, but there was just too much um, incidents of, whether it be laziness or, you know, a, an alleged attitude problem and obviously the stuff where... You know, he was trying to drop weight. Weight seems to have been a problem with him in the past. And obviously he took the, or allegedly took that thing to try and lose a little bit of weight. And then he missed games for us. Um, the main problem with him was you didn't know what you were going to get. At times he looked absolutely magnificent. Next thing you know, he'll just pass the ball to someone and they'll, they'll score <laughs> a goal against us. Um, at least you, you kind of know where you are a little bit more with Lovren. You know, uh, without uh, <laughs> so I don't know, like, naming names. <laughs> but frustrating. I, I think he's a really good player. And I think that, I think it's good for both. I think that Palace are lucky to have him. But I also think Palace are a really good club. And the atmosphere at Palace always seems to be absolutely amazing. And I was listening to the game again today on a Radio 5 Live. Kind of in preparation for today. Yeah, I have to try to do some preparation for tonight. <laughs> and the atmosphere you could just hear from the stadium just sounded absolutely amazing. So I think he's lucky to have Palace, but I also think Palace are lucky to have him. I think it's it's worked out well for both sides, to be honest with you. Carl, has there any been has there been any mentions of attitude problems with, with him there? Just just curious, because as I said earlier, I am a big fan of his. <laughs> well, we had some we had an incident last season to the end of last season um, where some fans were claiming he was feigning injury. Um, because obviously that's before we were struggling when, you know, when it looked like we were going to go yeah. down. Some fans was, I can't remember exactly when it was, but some fans were claiming he was feigning injury, didn't want to play, but I, I think that was all BS. I'm not 100% on it, but, you know, he, he seems like apparently someone said he was trying to just focus on the more important games. He was kind of saying he was injured for the bigger teams and just to save himself for the smaller teams where he knew we could pick up points, essentially. Um, so, that's the only incident we've kind of had with him, but no attitude problems. His attitude's amazing. He's, he's, he gives what he gives. The, the, the thing is with with him, it's Crystal Palace. It's like Yannick Balassi. Crystal Palace are going to get a player who either scores a screamer or smacks it at the top stand. Yeah. They're never going to get a player who's consistently... And that's the thing with Zaha, why Zaha could potentially, arguably, has outgrown us. He's got to a stage now where he's an 8 out of 10 nearly every game. Mm. And that's the problem. And now you've got you know, Sacco, who could be a 10 out of 10, or he's a 3 out of 10. And that's the difference. There's no middle ground. And I'm, I'm, that's why with Sacco and Tompkins, the way they're going, they are slowly beginning to be 7 out of 10 every game. And that's good. And that's what you want. And that's why, when you get to that point, bigger clubs sniff around. And and that that's what will happen eventually. That's what we are as a club. We've got to be realistic. If, if Sacco's a machine and a monster and 10 out of 10 every game, we're never going to be able to keep him. Yeah. Wasn't there a rumour this summer, Carl, about um, linking him to some club in France? I can't remember which one. Yeah, me, me either, to be honest. That, that was a, yeah, that was kind of a... Again, it was probably just a Twitter rumour or something. It wasn't, I don't think, anything concrete. But I did hear that as well. I did hear that as well. But I well, think, think Indy Kaler like, linked him, so, you know, it must, it must, there must have been something to it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think... I think, it's, <laughs> I think what it is, it's, it's kind of like a buy situation. I think some of his family is still out there or something. I'm not 100%, but some of his family still live in France. Kind of like Kabai, he left his family mm. in France. His family still lived there, so it was always going to be on Kabai's... I mean, to be fair, he's moved to bloody Saudi Arabia now, I think, Kabai, but he's kind of... <laughs> but, uh, but you kind of get that with players like Payet and things. If their families are still in a certain location and they don't want to commit, they're always going to look to move. But I don't think that's right with Sacco. His, his commitment's good at the minute. I don't, you know, give or take a season or two, he might look to move, but at the minute, we can't complain. He's doing something right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'll definitely keep an eye on him. I think he's one of the only, <laughs> the, one of the only non-LFC players I have on like Facebook. Do you and know stuff. what? He's the first <laughs> ball-playing centre-back we've had for like a long time. You, yeah. you think to yourself, he's going to be a mate like that. As I say, that little trick he did. Um, you know, I think it was past for me now or not. I'm not too sure, but he did that little trick, that little sort of back heel, and you think to himself, this is what you get with Sacco. Yeah, we never get a centre-back like that. But then. You know, next week he'll try the same and it will get nicked <laughs> off him and someone will score. He'll so he'll 50p edit in his own it, goal. It, exactly that. <laughs> no. Exactly that. Yeah, that's yeah. what you get. 
Yeah, yeah, I do, I do love him. I do love him properly. Um, but Nick, coming to you, obviously, uh, second game in for, for new central midfielder Naby Keita. Um, good God, he's showing some impressive signs in, in, in the very early stages of his Liverpool career, isn't he? Yeah, do you know what the scary thing is though, uh, Guy? You get the feeling he's still in like first or second gear. You know, he's very much uh, mm. feeling his way into the game and into the Premier League and, Obviously, we, we, we probably t- talk about his turn and his ball over the top for Salah at, oh, at yes. some point. But please, please do. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether we're doing that now or a bit later, but, you know, he just seems to have time on the ball, his rhythm. He sets the pace in midfield. He'll pop up anywhere. You know, you'll see him on the left wing, the right wing, playing number 10, playing defensive midfield. The guy's just amazing. And... um is he yeah, the guy you think that Jordan Henderson should have been? Like, is he a up, major, major upgrade on box to box? He's that major upgrade that you needed. For me personally, he, I think he's the kind of the Coutinho replacement, okay. kind of. But I think Henderson. The thing. So, sorry, Nick. I should. I should ask you. This, but uh, for no, me, uh, yeah. For me, anyway, I think Henderson's been two parts to his Liverpool career because he in a few years ago he was like this box to box player. Mm. Well, then, then he got a foot injury, and he can't really do what he used to do. So now he plays this defensive midfielder role. But I don't really like him there. But Nick, what, what, what do you think Naby Keita is? Uh, he's, he's, he's hard to define, to be honest, yeah, Paul. I mean, I think probably box to box is, is probably a good description. And as a uh, guy said, there was, there's been like two ages at Henderson. There was the box to box player, and then he, he had a series of injuries, and then uh, he was deployed as kind of sitting at the base of the midfield, not as much defensive midfielder, but. Um, Someone who, in theory, could dictate the play. Um, and he's the kind of player, Henderson, that really divides opinion amongst Liverpool do you know fans. What? Do you know what? That's the thing. I love Henderson, though. I, I think he gets some unwarranted stick. I mean, England, in the World Cup, I think he was the perfect player to play in there. Eric Dyer was really slow and unmobile. And I think that Henderson is the kind of player you need in a team. Like, you know, he, he does the dirty work. And, and that's what I think that you've got in Cater, though. I think he's just a major upgrade. He just looked to be everywhere yesterday. I mean, he's an honest pro, Henderson, you know, and he's a, mm. comes across as a really nice guy. Um, does a job, does the job he needs to do. He, he doesn't care what it is, he just does the job. And that's that's what you want, you want a pro like that. I mean, I, I like him, but I think that now we're getting Fabinho in and I'm hoping that he'll kind of take his place a little bit. I, I'm a bit old school, me. I like someone sitting at the base of the midfield who can tackle. And anyone who goes on about Henderson and all the great things that he does... Normie talks about, well, he'll change the pace or he'll dictate the play. But the defensive part of the game, for me, is, is where Henderson's lacking. And I wouldn't really say Cater was a, a like-for-like or a replacement for him. Uh, he's a bit more, more either a replacement for uh, Wijnaldum or Coutinho, I'd, I'd say. Um, because Henderson, I say, he hasn't been box-to-box box really since 2014. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think... It's a weird one with the Liverpool midfield. Whilst I got, whilst on the subject, Nick, I mean, it's obviously early and stuff like that. And we kind of mentioned Milner's legs going and stuff like that. Um, are you happy with the dynamic, or do you think Vinaldum will eventually move a bit more forward and either Fabinho or Hendo will come in? I'm really missing Oxlade Chamberlain. I love the way how he played last season, and I just think that. Um, Last season, we lacked a little bit of dynamism in midfield. And at the moment, um, it's just a bit concerning to me that um, I love Milner, but he's 30-odd now. His legs will only take him so far. And what will look great one game might not look as good the next. And soon we're going to be playing every three or four days. And it's a little bit concerning knowing that... um, You've got Fabinho who needs to adapt really to us yet. And then the replacements at the moment seem to be Henderson who's had his injury problems in the past. And we don't know what he is. You know, is he still going to play at number six or is he going to take the number eight role? Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned the fact that we never bought like, you know, a Fakir or Fakir type just to try and give us that little bit of a variety in midfield. Mm. But I can't argue with how we started off the season. I really can't. Yeah. 
Yeah, I fully agree. I fully agree. So, Carl, I'm going to come to you. One of one of your that wasn't really your chance. It was more of a hit and hope. <laughs> but we we we've seen Andros Townsend pretty much do that throughout his career in in the Premier League. He mm. he does love a worldie, but. I mean, did you think it was in? <laughs> I think we all did, didn't we? Yeah. It beat Allison. I think we all thought it was in. I mean, it was just one of them ones where he's hit it with a side of his foot. He sort of topped the ball and it's just got that dip on it. And I, I, I thought it was in. I was jumping, I was jumping up, but yeah, I mean, that, that, it's a, I mean, I want to just say something about Allison. I think, I think he, because he saved the free kick in the second half, I think a lot of keepers let that in. I think he was assured. I, I, I honestly think that something to beat him this season, it's got to be an incredible goal. Um, because I think, I think he's the top player, Alisson. And I know you paid a lot of money, so of course he's going to be. But, you know, I, I think that Andros Townsend hit that. And I think he thought it was in because to beat that keeper, I think it was going to be something special. And I just don't think even, as I say, I, I think even if it was a worldie, it's still at the bar because yeah. the keeper probably got his angles right. I think if it's a bit lower, the keeper saves it. Do you know what I mean? So I think yeah. it's kind of, it was the perfect position where the keeper saves it or it's the bar. It's never going to be beating him completely, if you know what I mean, to head into the back of the net. So, but yeah, I, I, I like your goalkeeper as well. I don't think he would have conceded that unless it was an actual worldie. So <laughs> I think, uh, I think, yeah, but like you say, that was really our only real chance. I mean, yeah. He's got a great left foot, hasn't he, Townsend? He, yeah, is, is he absolutely. one of those frustrating players, Carl? You know, because he seems to like dip in and out enough. of games sometimes. Doesn't do it enough. Yeah, he doesn't do it enough. He's not. He's not. He he, he threatens to. He threatens to, and and you think he's going to cut in. He's going to have a shot here. It, he'll try a pass, and it won't work out. Or he'll just carry on running across the field and then lay it off to someone else. And you know, he wants to do it all the time. Like you say, he's done it throughout his career. He wants to do. It. That's what he wants to do. He shifts it and shoots, and that's what he tries to do every game but yeah it just hasn't really he's a frustrating player but again it's kind of a thing where would he be at Crystal Palace if he was hitting him in the top corner every week so it is a player yeah. in there though isn't that a say oh, yeah. yeah I mean a lot of our players a lot he, of our players he was a, linked a player with uh, Newcastle wasn't he again in the summer I mean yeah, would, would you have get that. happy for him to go or not happy but nah, would you have been alright nah, with him nah. going no no definitely not I was one of the, the fans on Twitter it was annoying me because fans were sort of saying well if we can get 20 that to 25 to 30 million, it's, you know, good business and fit. But, but if, the, the thing is with us at the minute, we've got to try and keep everyone together. We keep, so, mm. I mean, see what happens at Southampton. You can only sell players so many times before it starts to fall apart. And, and, and it, I want us to try and at least, they don't hire Matthews. <laughs> well, there is that. There is that. He blames <laughs> everyone else apart from himself when he loses. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of, you want to kind of keep that tight-knit group together and I, and I think that I wouldn't have been happy if we'd sold him definitely not even though he doesn't score that as many as he should he runs his socks off and he works for the team and, and again we're, we kind of need that engine in our team because we to get points in this division we have to work 100% every game and he's one of them players he gives 100% every single game I mean I'd said the same Carl you know when um, we had players linked away from us whether it be in the past with like Suarez or Coutinho and you've got some fans who are saying, take the money, take the money, the money's ridiculous. But then you say, well, okay, well, who's going to want to come to my club, you know, and I'm going to basically get a player in who's as good. Because exactly. you've got the pecking order, haven't you? You know, you've got your big boys, you've got your Barcelonas, your Real Madrid, your Bayern Munichs, and then you've got your clubs below that who are maybe in the Champions League regularly. And then you've got like, you know, your, your Premier League clubs who are maybe established Premier League clubs. And it's replacing the player after you sell them. That's always the problem. Exactly. Who would you get nowadays for 30 mil? If, uh, who would Crystal Palace get for 30 million if we sell Townsend? We don't. Exactly. We don't. <laughs> so you buy someone for 10 million or something who's, you know, you've got to give him a couple of seasons to get going and we need a decent team now. <laughs> so it's not worth it. No, I think you've done right to hold on to him, to be honest with you, definitely. We're agreeing right. again. Sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's good. It's good. It's good. Uh, but maybe this one will uh, split opinion. But it's the first goal. Um, Sacco gives away a penalty. Um, kind of takes two bites out of Salah. Um, so, Carl, I'll start with you. I mean, firstly, do you think it was a penalty? Uh, I'll be honest. I am still on the fence. Um, I do think that if you're giving a penalty... Um, sorry, if that if that is the rule, that if you are touched in the box, no matter what, then yes, it is a penalty. 
However, it doesn't excuse the dive from Salah. And I honestly think that even VIR wouldn't have been able to work out if that was a penalty or not. Mm. Um, I, I honestly think that if you give a penalty for that, you give a penalty every week. And I just want that to be the rule because if that is what you give penalties for, uh, Zaha does that. He doesn't get it. Simple. And I think you mm. know that. Yeah, well, may, maybe because it's at Selhurst, I don't think you'd get that at Anfield. In, in, <laughs> well, okay, any... all right, in front of the in front of the cot, then. Does yeah, he, yeah, does he get that? No, he doesn't, he doesn't get that, does no, he? He, get, no, he gets booked for diving, I think. That's personally my opinion, but I think if if that's what you, if the, if that is the rule, that it doesn't matter what touch it is, because people were saying to me, I was listening to Talk Sport last night, and and uh, the Sports Bar, and people were saying that Sacco Sacco's giving him the opportunities too tight, and I'm, I'm thinking, but. Would you want Sacco to just let him have a shot at goal? He has to get tight. He has to. Otherwise, Salah does shoot. I think Oliver's weak. I think he he, he could he should at least he was already sort of pointing before Salah fell over. I think mm. um, I, he wanted to give it because he kind of liked what you said. He's had one bite. He's had two bites. And, and Michael Oliver's probably thought, you know what? I've had enough. Give a penalty. Um, so there probably is that side of it. But I just think if that's the rule. You know, Zaha's going to get about 20 penalties this season. Yeah. Uh, Nick, coming to you, I mean, firstly, do you want to talk about if you think it's a, think it was a penalty and then talk on the lack of consistency in the Premier League? I mean, we prob- even though it's only been two game weeks, we've probably seen loads of decisions that uh, counteract each other, really. But, yeah, Nick, what what did you think of the ref? I mean, I, thought, I think Michael Oliver's probably the best in the country, whether that's... More about the refs in general, or, or what? But uh, what are your thoughts on the refs? <laughs> well, you know, you, you see all these statistics, don't you? Released by the refs or FIFA or UEFA, saying that you get ninety-nine point nine percent decisions right, or something like that, um, which is is laughable, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I I thought it was a penalty, to be honest, Carl. And the reason why I thought it was a penalty, and this is me taking me Liverpool hat off for a minute, is. He had a couple of bites of him, and what the, the, the definitive touch for me was he, Salah goes to pull his leg back to shoot, and Sacco catches him, and that for me was the, the touch that made me firmly believe it was a penalty. And I'm not saying that Salah has never died, because he did last season, and, you know, he was told off for it by Klopp, and a lot of Liverpool fans had mixed feelings over him diving. But I honestly think last night that that was a penalty, in my opinion. Um, in terms of consistency, um, it just, it's frustrating. I mean, I don't know whether you saw, Carl, there was like a, a BBC article a couple of months, about a month ago. Bath University had done a, a study. And um, I know I've got my Liverpool hat on here, but basically Liverpool um, were defined as being the most unlucky club in the Premier League last season. I don't think we had a single penalty at Anfield. No. And um, if the points had all been adapted for bad luck, we would have finished second last season, according to this redefined table by like uh, Bath University. But I was one of these people. I want to bring VAR in. I just think that it's not perfect. But and I, I doubt whether last night it might have made a difference or not because it was two people look at it. They're going to make a different decision. But I just think VAR consistency. The referees need to be basically held to account. That being said. I did honestly think it was a penalty last night. But what, what, what I will say is... But the fall's unnatural, isn't it? I don't know. And the only reason I'm saying I don't know, right, is I weigh a little bit more than Salah. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, right? <laughs> and, uh, when, you, when you're moving a pace, sometimes if you get knocked off the ball, you might just flop. It looked a little bit unnatural to me. I'm, I'm going to give you that, don't get me wrong. But all I will say is if you move in a pace and you get knocked, sometimes you will fall. But there was a little bit of a roll around. I'll, I'll give you that, definitely. It's modern football, isn't it? <laughs> uh, got to go down when you Exactly. Know. It is. Exactly. It is. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Well, that's, it's, it's the complex of the common thing. If, the, if Salah doesn't go down, he doesn't get a penalty. And that, Can and I that's say where... one more thing as well? Sorry, go yeah. on, Paul. No, no, go on, go on, mate, go on. All I was going to say, mate, is um, obviously we've, we've had Sacco play for us as well for a few seasons and one thing about Sacco is he can look really, really clumsy. Yeah, uh, as you said before, Bambi on Bambi ice. On ice. Yeah, and I don't definitely. think that helped your situation either because he looks clumsy, even when he's making a good tackle. And I don't think that was a good tackle last night, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't help himself that way because he does look very unsteady 
And mm. I think that if the referee did have any doubts at all, he's looking at someone unsteady, uh, that appears to be off balance. And I think that's, that's maybe helped Michael Oliver make his decision. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I would go, I would go along with that. I think, I think, as I say, because he kind of wrapped his arm around him to start with and then thought, Oh no, I can't do that. So then pulled his arm away. Then had another nip. Then had another, and as I said, I think Oliver was already pu- pointing, kind of thinking, do you know what? I've had enough. I've watched like, cause he's right there. Oliver yeah. is right there. He's right there watching it. And he's probably thought, do you know what? He just keeps nipping at him. He's not, you know, I- I'm going to give it. But as I said, if Salah doesn't go down, I don't think he gets it. So this, again, it, it's kind of a thing where you need the consistency that if, if just, just give the penalty. He doesn't have to fall over for it to be a penalty. If he thinks he's had a nip at him, give the penalty. Don't, but this is the know, problem because players don't always go down. No, I know exactly. And that's if what I mean. you don't go don't down, you don't get the penalty. Exactly. And that's what Even I think is far. wrong in the game. That's what I think is wrong in the game. I think that if, you know, you see players a normal time. If a player goes in sliding in the box and a player stumbling, 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 and then the ball goes out for a goal kick, you think he was fouled. Give the penalty. Doesn't matter if he's tried to keep his feet. He's, he's still tried. He's tried to be honest. But exactly. You know, so again, it's, it's just, it's one of them things that Salah's flops to the floor because he knows that if he doesn't go down, he doesn't get a penalty. And, and that's this is where VAR weirdly, could come in. Weirdly, um, you'll probably remember this, Nick, and I think it was the Torino game. Mane got a penalty for when he got someone put his arm, arm round his neck, didn't he? Yeah. But he didn't go down. And I think that was actually Michael Oliver. So maybe, maybe times that, well, it was only a pre-season game, but maybe it's getting a bit more, Instructed and referee to look for players staying up, but yeah, I, I do agree. Um, Did you see that uh, tweet from Salah? By the way, that was going through the, the round diving right? time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, wasn't it? It's brilliant. It was brilliant. It's just, you know, how does someone find that? They just put Salah dive and that's come up. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it, it is a. It, well, it was a. One worth discussing, uh, decision-wise, but I think mm. I think they did get it did get it right, but um, whether it was. Uh, over-dramatise the fall. Yeah. We'll, we'll it's never a bit know. like a yeah. Brexit. You know, you, you, you've got people <laughs> who'll be on both sides of it. And when you look at like the people who are like sort of agreeing with you, Carl, you've got like uh, Sam Allardyce, Richard uh, Keyes, uh, uh, Andy Gray. Andy Gray said is? it was a pen. I think Andy Gray what said it was a pen. company that is? God, you know what? Honestly, if that's the company we keep, I don't want it. <laughs> Uh, that's your ex-manager. <laughs> uh, honestly, he just done half spout some, didn't he? But he's on, he's on Talk Sport and on Sky. They keep employing him to talk, and he keeps saying like, he was on there the other day talking about Arsenal, going, "Oh, I don't know why they play like this." You know, basically just lump it up, and you think, "Why? He's, he's allowed to talk like that? <laughs> he's changed. Get over it." Oh, well, Gary Neville owns him on a Monday Night Football last night. Though, if you look up the clip, uh, he basically sort of made a show out of him and just said he was full of it. It was good. There you go. Good. <laughs> but yeah that, that's been a good discussion on uh, the first half uh, we'll just take a quick ad break and then we'll be back with the second half discussion Hi Anne, how are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah absolutely Gags, everything is fine but you know what I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro, is that so? Yes absolutely and we've got your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure, Post-Match Raw is now back, and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days, and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmpleIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? And welcome back to Face Off. Carl, I'm, go- I'm going to come back to you straight away. You started the second half quite well, but I- I'm going to ask you to focus on, on one of your younger players. I'm not sure how old he actually is, but I'm pretty sure he's youngish. Um, Juan Bissaka obviously got sent off, unfortunately. But 
he looks like a player of real potential. I mean, how how far do you think he could go? I mean, maybe doing a bit of scouting for Liverpool here. <laughs> <laughs> he's twenty. Um, he's uh, he's he's just he come out of nowhere, really. Um, he was a winger, used to be a winger, which is why he's quick and why he was able to at least catch Salah in the second half. Um, he's he's just he honestly he's just unbelievable. We haven't seen he's we even think a lot of fans are saying he's actually better than what Nathaniel Klein was when he came through. And that's saying quite a lot because we rated him a lot. Um, and he's just, he's just seems to have everything. He reads the game well. I mean, you could see in the first half, some of the challenge, Harry got back to that challenge and made it a goal kick. It was just unbelievable. Mm. Who was it? Man, was it Salah or Mane? I think it was Mane. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's no slouch Mane. You know, to get back, he lost the ball, Juan Bissaka. He lost it. And then he, some, he just, his legs are like, just, Harry gets back. I mean, he done it all last season, the eight games or so he played to the end of back of last season. But he just he's such a prospect. We're so um happy we've we found another gem. Uh because it took us a while, because the last one we really had was Zaha. And it's taken us a while now to find another player because we was always renowned for our academy, but we'd never really bought anyone through. Um there was a few players that kind of come through. Johnny Williams, he's too injury prone, and there was a few players knocking around, but no one really has taken it by storm like Zaha did. And, Wamba Saka is, he, he looks the real deal. I mean, we thought it was just maybe he's playing, you know, against Tottenham, he's playing against the Man United, it's probably just he's buzzing on adrenaline, you know, but he's carried it through to this season already and it, it just shows that he doesn't fear anyone. Does not fear anyone at all, the kid. Yeah, I mean, I was impressed with him as well, obviously, um, just the way out. He, he seems to have a real mature head on his shoulders, Carl, mm. and um, I was watching him. Um, in the second half as well, you know, just when he was getting forward and going past people like they weren't there. And I was like, mm. wow, because obviously I don't watch Palace. I've not really heard of him or seen much mm. of him. Um, but no, very impressed, to be honest with you. I think... Well, that um, flick he'd done over in the second half, was he'd done a flick over Alexander-Arnold. Uh, sorry, oh, Alexander-Arnold. yeah. Who was that? He'd done a flick. I think it was Alexander-Arnold. I swear it was. He'd done a flick over someone and then put it across. And you think, again, it's kind of a thing where Benteke should have been there, but... You know, like you say, going past people like they weren't now. I mean, the kid's 20. He doesn't fear anyone. And it, and it's like you're, you guys, you've got Trent, and he's just taken it, taken to it like a duck to water. It's nice to see when you see that through your academy, through kids like that. They just, because they, they've gone through the ranks and they've got their chance and they took it. And it's good. Definitely. You, you cheer for your own players more than mm. the homegrown. Mm, but I think definitely. like the role of the fullback as well. It's so hard, isn't it? Now you know because they've got to be good defensively. And well, as I said, he used to be a winger. Yeah, he used to be a winger, so that kind of plays into our hands a little bit. He knows about going forward. He's just learning the defensive side, but it almost seems like he sh- he started off as a defender because he just seems to defend so well. He's yeah, so no, good. No, at definitely. It. And, and also really as impressed. well, yeah, and also as well, there was a thing about it last season. Tompkins was out injured and he didn't play. And there was a thing that Roy said in an interview and said he didn't play. Wambasaka because Tompkins would talk him through a game um, because he'd play on the right hand side of the fence and he would talk him through the game but because Tompkins yeah. wasn't playing he didn't want you know say Martin Kelly or someone who wasn't as talkative to be there he'd, because Wambasaka's still young he needs people it's like kind of Trent Alexander-Arnold was probably lucky he's got Van Dyke there or whatever to talk him through the game knows what he's doing you know you need that leader next to you and I, and I think that's helping him as well that Tompkins has got a good run of games because Wan-Bissaka is obviously listening to every single word he's saying. Well, Joe Ward's been a, a fixture in your team for a good few years now. Do you think, obviously, wan uh, Bissaka will miss a game or two with suspension? Do you think it's his spot? It's one game. Yeah. One game he'll one miss, game. yeah. One game. Do you think he'll just come straight back in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely will. Definitely will. It won't, it, I mean, he won't go past the halfway line, but he'll definitely come back in. It's, <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> but no, he'll come back in and do a job. And I mean, I don't know what game it is wan Bissaka misses. It might actually be the cup game against Swansea which would be a result mm. but it's um, but yeah no he's uh, he'll come straight back in I mean he knows it now I think Joe Ward he's, he's you know he's places up but wan is definitely the future and, and Gareth Southgate was there last night obviously probably mm. watching Liverpool players yeah. probably watching Liverpool players of course Alexander-Arnold etc James Milner and stuff but he probably would have been really impressed and probably like you said not expecting to see a performance like that from a youngster so it's probably good for him as well probably gone on the list yeah, I mean, right, right back to a tough spot for England players as well with mm. Trippier. I mean, Walker's playing centre back, but Trippier, um, Trent, 
So maybe Wan Bissaka will. I'm not sure if he's played the under 21s enough, but maybe he'll get. A, he hasn't. A he hasn't now. He's played under the 20s. He's played under yeah. 20s, and I don't yeah. think he's played 21s yet. But I, I honestly think Southgate will probably recommend him um, to go into the 21s. I really do. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, friendlies are meaningless anyway. I'd probably just play yeah, play yeah. the kids anyway. But no, it's uh, he, he looked very promising. I mean, mm. I think I think on one of our other podcasts on on the channel, someone said I wouldn't mind him coming <laughs> coming nah. in, in a year or two when we get rid of Klein. Um, but yeah, maybe that's what I was thinking. Get, get him as back up for Trent. <laughs> yeah, what's happening with Klein? Is he, is he just really injured lately, or what's, uh, what's, what's... he's fit now? But he's kind of stuck behind Trent. He had like a year off, so he's kind of mm. lost his spot. But Klein's dependable, but I think Trent does because he was he did play as a midfielder as a youngster, so he can do quite a bit more. Whereas Klein's just a fullback. Again, it's, it's the same with Wan-Bissaka. It used to be a, it's weird, though, isn't it? Because yeah. Danny Rose done it at Spurs. He used to be a winger and now he's a left back. It's kind of weird how he sort of, if they, if they kind of done the up top more, they seem to be more assured as a full back. It's weird, though, isn't it? Yeah, and Ashley Cole as well. Like yeah, Ashley Cole as well, yeah. It's weird, though, isn't it? It's, it's David, it's the Alaba syndrome from Bayern. He used to be a mm. midfielder and now yeah, everyone's a full back. But, uh, Kimmich, no. Kimmich as well. Yeah, yeah, right back to Kimmich. No, but we've we've touched on Ben Teke there. I mean, but Nick, coming to you, we've kind of touched on Allison as well. Uh, didn't have too many saves to do, um, but his distribution and, and his claiming of crosses. I mean, I, I liked Carrius, but this block just seems like a, a step above, doesn't he? It's just it's weird. Some players just seem to be a lot more reassured and add a lot more confidence to the defence, and. Every time a ball comes into the box, I just think that he's going to get a touch on it or he's going to claim it. Or if he doesn't, Van Dyke will. And um, I like Carrius, I think he's a nice guy, but this guy, I know it's early days yet, but he just seems a cut above and he's definitely a lot more confident. And we haven't even talked about his passing yet, but it was bloody amazing, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Some of the passes and how cool he is. I mean, I was watching the game on the telly last night. And there was no one else there but me. And at one point, I just said to the telly, Alison, forgive me for swearing, but Alison, you're a cool bastard. I was just like, that's just amazing. I can't even remember. It's someone was running to, cut, to close him down, and he just side-footed to um, another player. And it was like the, the striker that was running in. It might have been Zaha. Um, it wouldn't have been Ben because I've used the word running. But it's the striker was coming <laughs> in point. to try and uh, close Alison down, and he was just cool as a cucumber, so... I just think he's the signs are promising, but it, it is early days yet, isn't it? Did you say you were quite impressed with him as well, Carl, from the bits that you saw? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he just looks the he he does look like the he need he's the player you needed. He was the, he's the kind of missing. I know you got Cater and stuff, but he is the missing link. I mean, you, you know that. And the money you paid for him, you have you've got quality. And he he just look again. He's assured. You need that triangle and that unit, and, and you just look so assured. And mm. he just, you know, he's just even with the free kick, he, he, you know, he kind of knew. I mean, listen, it was kind of an easy save. He just stepped across and got it, but you still need to at least tip it round the post. And you know, he just, yeah, like you say, claiming the crosses, and it looked like no one wanted to mess with him. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He's a big guy. He looked like no one wanted to get in his way of anything. And you know, it was half hard trying to close him down. I think you're right there. And he just, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was quite cool. He looked like he could take a dig, doesn't he? You know, he looks yeah, solid. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, no, I mean, yeah, it has been a quiet start from in terms of saves and stuff, but I mean, you look at um, Kepa for Chelsea the other day, obviously the, now the most expensive goalkeeper, he, he made a mistake on that first goal, so having Alisson having a quiet start and just looking so assured, as you said, Nick, it's, just, it's very promising. Um, so I, I, hopefully I don't have to see him make a save because that would be good for us, but... Um, it's just promising for, apart from everything apart from the saves because we've not really seen him tested yet but no I agree uh, with what you both said he, just, he looks he looks the, the absolute business and um, he reminds but, me a bit of uh, Pepe Reina with some of the passing I know I'm going hmm. back in time a little bit there but just some of the passing he's doing to start off attacks and I'm I'm, I'm quite old school like a goalkeeper's there to save save goals from going in that's the first thing we should be doing but just some of the passing yesterday and even some of the distribution where he's thrown the ball out, you know, to try and find a wide player. It's just, it's just great. It's just starting off the the, uh, the attack quicker than all this slow stuff from the back, you know, centre-back to centre-back. Yeah. So it's all very promising. He, he's got a challenge now because Edison got an assist at the weekend, so 
Allison's got something catching up to do in that rigor. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, one of the big talking, or not, it wasn't really a talking point for me, but Juan Basak, obviously, we just talked about him being being excellent throughout. But red card was it? Was it just a necessary foul call? It was. I mean, someone pointed out one of the other guys on the fanzine actually pointed out it gave us, do you think, fifteen minutes to find an equaliser really? Um, because if he doesn't make that foul, it's 2-0 then. So, it, I think it was necessary. I mean, done well to catch him. Again, he's got pace, but, you know, you think Salah's quick. You know, Wan-Bissaka caught him. Um, it's, it was necessary. It, what, again, it was a foul. It was a red. You see, it eclipsed him. It's ever so slightly. A lot of our fans are getting confused with the fact that you feel like you have to actually physically push someone over when they're running at pace. Mm. And I got into an argument with a couple of our fans last night because they just don't seem to understand the, the logics of gravity and things. Because what actually ha- happened is Wilf Zaha done an interview um, and he said himself that if you're sprinting, because he, he had a, obviously the diving debate has been around Zaha, as you know. So he, he'd done an interview on the, on the Palace website and said, if he's sprinting at full pelt down a pitch and you literally just touch his ankles... Of course he's going to go over. You don't have to physically push someone if they're going at that sort of speed. Um, so I'm not saying it wasn't a foul when I read, but again, I'm not excusing Salah's shot by a sniper reaction. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not having that. Oh, I'll, I'll let off. I'll let you off with that one. But Nick, I mean, clear red card for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know it sounds like Carl's a bit on the fence there, but uh, yeah, I just thought that uh, obviously it's it's the last man, isn't it? You know, and he's he's got the goalkeeper still to kind of beat in that, but yeah, I think it was a red to be honest with you, and I think even most Palace fans um, would say it was a red. You know, it's just um, most logical one of those unfortunate things. Yeah, <laughs> every every team has their idiots, Carl. Um, you're speaking to one of them tonight, obviously, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, I think that, you know, most fair me or you? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't work that one out then, Guy, but, uh, but no, yeah, I, I thought it was a red, to be honest with you. And, and um, I thought that they even all knew after it, he didn't went they? off. They all knew it, didn't they? Because Hodgson said it at the end and, you know, they didn't really argue it. They all knew. Yeah, no, definitely. He just argued the penalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Good old Uncle Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no love lost between us two. But coming, coming to Hodge, um, he obviously mentioned in the post-match that Van Dyke should have given away a penalty on Maya. I mean, I didn't think it was. But Carl, I mean, do you think it was? No. No. Yeah. I think his gripe was I think his gripe was that if Salah's going to get a penalty for that then we should get a penalty I think that was the only real gripe mm. I don't think I don't think it was but I think that's kind of where the argument for him was going he was basically saying that if you're going to give a penalty for that then we should have had one for that I think that he was kind of you know a bit of sour grapes there but I, I, I don't think it was no definitely not Fair do, fair do. I mean, I had to, I had to go back and look at the what he was going on about. I, I didn't. I'll be honest. I, yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't even when you mentioned it earlier. I'd be honest. I thought, oh, was it? And then I had to grab a quick look, and yeah, couldn't see anything really. No, yeah, I, I didn't think it was a penalty either. To be yeah. honest with you, as I said, I think it was just in the aftermath that he was fired up because he didn't think Salas was, yeah. and probably just thought, well, if they're having a penalty for that, we should have one for that. I think that's kind of tit for tat sort of thing, maybe. He does, one of them. he does get angry in post-matches as well, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was does. just going to say, though, I mean, I'm no fan of Roy, obviously, but uh, it is hard for managers when a microphone is pushed in front of the face pretty much immediately after the game, when tensions are high, emotions are high, especially if you haven't got the result you wanted, mm. and you've got to do so many interviews. I think it's about seven or eight different broadcasters who are all going to be asking similar questions. It's not the easiest job in the world for anyone to deal with. But especially when you've got the moose Roy. asking them. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> He's an idiot. Uh, but um, we're, we're coming towards the end of, end of the game and stuff like that. But Nick, one not negative, but one questionable thing is, is Adam Lallana's cameo. I mean, I've, I've put on the agenda here: is he becoming Lucas? And in that regard, I mean, is he coming on to just give away stupid fouls? Because <laughs> he did. He did. That's all he did yesterday was come on and give them a chance to score off a set piece. Well, we have like a group chat on uh, our field index, uh, Carl, probably giving away a bit of the secrets behind the scenes here now. And uh, <laughs> Lalana came on and I, I said something to the effect, uh, is this Liverpool's way of trying to even it up so we're both playing with 10 men? <laughs> uh, but, no, he, he's just 
very ineffective, to be honest with you. And, um, he had that three or four month period where he looked absolutely brilliant for us and he's just never been the same since. And again, he's an honest pro. He tries, but I just don't think he fits into this team. I don't think he's enough quality. And, um, I just think that when he came on, you, you contrast that with uh, Max Meyer coming on and he looked quite positive with some touches he was making. You know, we brought Lalana on and as you say, just holding on to the ball too long, giving away silly fouls. And I just thought that when he came on, there was a danger that we'd invite him Palace on and that um, it didn't really didn't really do what it was meant to do, which was for us to keep the ball, to maintain possession and to try and move it round. It just didn't really work. And as I say, he seems a nice lad, but no, not, not for me, to be honest with you. I think the fact that Oxlade-Chamberlain was injured is the only reason that Lallana is still at this football club. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with that. But before we finish up, we've obviously got to mention the uh, the second goal. I mean, Nick, I'll stick with you on this one. Uh, Lana, maybe you did it deliberately <laughs> to sell the car. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, obviously Van Dyke again wins the header, um, which sets off Salah, who set, then sets up Mane. But is it, is it just Palace pushing for the winner, uh, for the equaliser, sorry, and just too much space for two good players? Yeah, simple as that, really. At the end of the day, you know, Palace have tried to um, push forward to get a point. You know, they're a man down. And as I said before, Palace, I thought, played really, really well. Um, and especially to uh, start off in the first half, the, it was quite bitty, you know. And the fact that we've came through and won this game, you know, and the second goal, i say, was a breakaway. Uh, Palace, obviously, playing with 10 men, we've caught them on the hop. We've got pace to burn. We've Salah and Mane both running at them um, and Mane managed to stay on his feet, go down the keeper and, and slot it in um, God knows what would have happened if there had been another penalty, there probably would have been riots in uh, the Palace <laughs> but uh, no, it was just uh, I was made up and it, for me this game is a lot more satisfying a win than the West Ham game to be honest with you because um, I actually think Palace are a better team and mm. that um, we, we had to fight a lot more for this win and I think that we did deserve the win, uh, but I do think that um, we edged it. You know, it wasn't like, you know, a categoric win. As I say, I think Palace are going to cause a lot of teams problems this season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Carl, I, I won't ask you about the goal because it's quite clear cut, but do you think you're becoming more, just to finish up your your prospect for the season, do you think 10th above is your aim? I think I think as a, as a target, just... Uh, we always say the same, avoiding relegation is the one, of course, every team wants to get there first. But yeah, I think 8th to 12th, I think is reasonable. Um, I'd, I mean, I'd like 8th to 12th with maybe a cup run, League Cup or something. Um, something like that. I think we're there now. We're at a stage where we can do that. Um, and, and yeah, I just, I just, like you said, I don't think a lot of teams come to us and do what you guys did. You've done a job on us. It, it took a penalty and a, and a breakaway goal to, to win it. I, I think if we get in at nil-nil at half time, I think it's a completely different game because uh, you did run out of steam a little bit in the second half. Mm. Um, uh, so I think that if we get to nil-nil and we're not chasing the game as much, I do think that it's a different game. But yeah, so I mean, I don't think a lot of teams will, will do what you guys did. I don't, I, I don't think Man United could do it this season. I don't think Arsenal could do it this season um, because they're not strong enough. And I, and I think you guys are really strong in areas you needed to be you're strong at centre back now you know you're not as weak as you were before when you had um, Skirtle and Lovren you, you've got you've got Allison in there now he's not a weak keeper at all he'll just knock everyone out of the way you've got Cater in there now you know you've got a good base now and I, I honestly think that Liverpool do that to anyone last night and I think I'm, you know as you say it's more satisfying against us because we're a better unit West Ham just rolled over we're a better unit a better team and you will roll a lot of teams over this season um because, as you said last night, it's satisfying because it was a tough game. And we, we stuck to you as much as we could. Um, but your quality just shone in the end. And it was just unfortunate it was a penalty and, and that that won it. But if it wasn't that, it probably would have been a screamer or something that would have won it. Because we always <laughs> lose to one of them at Sellers. <laughs> no, but I think I think this has been a very good pod. Uh, so we're going to finish up there. But uh, Thanks for joining us, Carl. Have you got anything no you problem. want to plug? 
no, no. I mean, uh, obviously you've got the uh, the fanzine that you you said at the beginning, uh, FYP. It's, it's a Crystal Palace fanzine. We do a podcast ourselves as well. The guys are actually podding now, which is why uh, Jesse couldn't be on. He's actually on the main podcast tonight. Um, so yeah, FYP fanzine. Uh, you can follow us for uh, Crystal Palace news and chat. Um, but yeah, I'm sure most Liverpool fans probably won't. <laughs> um, Nick, you got anything to plug? Uh, not at the moment. No, I'm a busy boy at the moment uh, with work in real life. But um, I just think that the more fan podcasts there are, uh, the better, you know, because if mainstream media aren't covering your club the way you'd like them to and as much detail, you know, start off a podcast like the likes of Carl and his colleagues, our four likes ourselves or other Liverpool based podcasts. You know, and that's how you get the content that that you're looking for. I think it's I think it's great. Perfect way to finish. But <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining me, you two, and thanks for listening, everybody. Else. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thanks a lot, guy. Thank you. Cheers, nice to meet you, Carl. Take care. See you later, Nick. Take care. Thank you. And catch us again next week. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Sports Social Podcast Network.